Another week of scriptures revealed. Uh, we are moving right along through the book of Ephesians. Uh, last week, I gave everybody a chance to kind of catch up on all of the episodes that we've done thus far on this book. And it's been an amazing journey, an amazing ride, a lot of revelation, a lot of insight. And we are still just in chapter one. So I'm so excited about all that we are learning. Now, for those uh, that have caught up uh, over the past week, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you. Don't forget to uh, share this podcast with your friends, your family, your networks. Let them also be encouraged and blessed. Uh, leave reviews on iTunes as well just to encourage people that this is something worth taking the time to listen to because we all want our lives to be changed and transformed. But the key to transformation is receiving and uh, been meditating on and assimilating into our lives the word of God because when we get the word in us we get the mind of God we get his logic we get the way he thinks and it, and it becomes a transformative force so I don't want you all to uh, forget to share forget uh, don't forget to leave your reviews because it, these are some amazing truths that I believe uh, not only are transforming my life they're transforming yours and will transform the lives of those you share it with so I am excited about it so again, we have just been moving along in the book of Ephesians. Um, we've gotten through the first 14 verses. I'm going to give a quick uh, overview of, of what we've done so far. Uh, and, and then we're going to jump right into the verses that we're going to hit today. So in the first part of uh, Ephesians, we uh, embarked on, we learned that the book of Ephesians uh, does not start in Ephesians chapter one. Uh, again, I'm just going to hit the highlights of everything because you can take the time to go back and listen to those so that you don't miss out on anything. But we talked about how the book of Ephesians actually starts in the book of Acts, Acts chapter uh, 18, 19 and 20, I believe it is. And we uh, spent two episodes on going through the backdrop of that, going through the lenses by which we need to read this book. And so I want to bring that to the forefront of your mind again, that when you are reading the book of Ephesians, the intent of the writer, the intent of the Apostle Paul in writing this book is to secure the love relationship between the Ephesian believers and the believers in that area with the Lord Jesus Christ. It, he wanted them to fall in love with Jesus and, and then he wanted to secure that love. And so as you travel through the book of Ephesians, you're going to constantly bump up against things and learn things that have to do with falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, making you love him, making you want him, making you desire him. So he will go into all the things that Jesus has done and what Jesus has done for you and to you and through you and wants to do around you because he's trying to get us to fall in love with Jesus because the more you fall in love, the more you're going to be submitted and surrendered. And that's why the Bible says, uh, I'm going to give you a, a key. Uh, we're actually going to hit it later on in the book of Ephesians. But this whole love and surrender thing, Paul emphasizes even more in the book when he talks about husbands should love their wives and then wives should honor and respect their husbands. Why, why is that? Because when you are loved and you receive love, the proper response to it will be honor, will be submission, will be respect. And so God, Paul, God is using Paul in the book of Ephesians 
Jesus to show us and to lavish on us the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the more we become consumed by his love, the more we will honor him, the more we will will respect him, and the more we will live our lives in submission to him. So that that's again the lens we've got to read the book and study the book of Ephesians by. So we traveled through all of that. We also went into uh, the first part of Ephesians and learning that Paul was an apostle and we're going to hit more about what apostles are, what they do and all that once we get to Ephesians 4. So we got a, a, a little bit to go, but we're going to hit that again. But we uh, pulled out of that, that because Paul is an apostle, we understand that apostles have to do with nations. And so we understood that Christianity is not just a religion, it's not just another faith to join, but it is a nation. We are born again into a nation called Jesus Christ. And so then we spent uh, the last couple of weeks going through the whole naturalization process and being naturalized as citizens of that nation and all that God did and and how we we begin to understand that the Godhead all played a part in naturalizing us into a new nation. The Father played a part. The Son played a part. The Holy Spirit has played a part in making sure and verifying and validating and ratifying and in confirming and establishing your citizenship in this nation. And so we went through all of that and you can go through those episodes, Kingdom Naturalization, uh, and uh, learn all about that and learn how you can be secure about the fact that you are a citizen in the nation of Jesus Christ. And then after that, I did a special edition teaching on the royal family. Now, you have got to go back and listen to that. Even if you've listened to it already, go back and listen again. If you haven't, definitely go listen to that. And we as we talked about the whole intent and the aim of the entire Bible was about God and family and that God wanted us to be a part of the royal family. And we walked through uh, the Bible, basically, uh, and learning how God made us a part of the royal family. So now we, we did that um, and we wrapped that up and then now we're going to go into the next part. So let's go on into the next three verses and, and because I, I thought, you know, being me, being optimistic, I thought we would get through the rest of chapter one this week, but I don't think we're going to quite make it. So we're just going to take our time and continue to plow through this. So we're going to start with verse 15. Uh, verse 15, and this week, I'm actually using good old King James this week. So the King James Version, we're starting with verse 15, and I want you to walk with me through this. It says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, you guys know... uh we read that verse and we think it's almost like a tie-in verse to keep going and to keep tracking along in the verse. But there are tons of things in this one statement that Paul begins to make. Now, mind you, in verse 15, Paul says, I am also. So wherefore, I also, Paul connects what he is doing with what we just learned in the verses prior to that. So Paul is saying, because you've been naturalized into the nation of Jesus Christ and because you have uh, become citizens of this nation and you have been verified by the Godhead and you've been ratified by the Godhead that you are indeed citizens of this nation. He said, because of this, I also heard 
He said, this is going to be my part. I heard because of because you are citizens. This is what I heard. I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints. I want you to pay attention to those two things. So those two things have a special connection. He said, I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and I heard about your love unto all the saints. Now, we need to learn some interesting things real quickly about faith and love. Now, watch this. Paul said, wherefore also at the heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. He heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, let me drop some bombshells on you in regards to faith that that's that's going to maybe shake your faith boat. But we are going to be encouraged by it all in the end. Interesting thing about faith is faith is simply this that give you a simple definition of faith. Faith is to be divinely persuaded. Isn't that simple? Faith is to be divinely persuaded. Or I could say faith is to be persuaded by God. That's all it means. Faith is to be persuaded by God. Now, if you were, if I had the time to walk you through every faith scripture and every faith principle in the Bible, we would learn that faith is never a man-made force. Faith does not start with you. I want that to sink in with you because all of this is going to tie together and bless you in the end. Now, faith never starts with you. So, which is why it is demonic for the enemy to make you feel like, you know, you don't have enough faith. You beat you up over the head because you need bigger faith. You need more faith. You need more faith. You need more faith. And that's not the case that at all because faith never, faith's origin is not man. Faith's origin is God. What did I say faith was? Faith is to be divinely persuaded or faith is to be persuaded by God. I want you to hear that. Faith is to be persuaded by God. So if faith is to be persuaded by God, then faith's origin is in God. Faith's origin is in God. Now, remember the scripture in Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Watch this. So what is what is faith? Faith, my response to revelation is called faith. My proper response to revelation is called faith. Meaning, if God reveals something to me, the way I respond to what God has revealed, we call it faith. For instance, if it was revealed to me that by the stripes of Jesus, ye were healed or you were healed, you are healed. God sent his word and healed me. When that is revealed to me, the right response I should have to that revelation is this faith. It is persuasion. It is God persuading me. It is God persuading me. So watch this. Paul said, I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus. What is what is Paul saying? Paul said, I heard that you all have been persuaded by God 
that Jesus Christ has come and pay and redeemed you, has come and, and made you a part of himself, that he has shed his blood, that he has put a division between you and the world. You know, all of those kingdom naturalization things we learned. And Paul is saying, I've heard that you all are persuaded by this. And because you all are persuaded by this, it is manifesting in your love walk among each other. Pay attention to that verse. He said, I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints because you are not a faith person if you are not a love person. I know that is a real truth bomb there. You are not a faith person if you are not a love person because, watch this, the fruit of revelation is faith, but the fruit of faith is love. Say that to you again. The fruit of revelation is faith. How do I know that that I have received revelation and this thing has gotten on the inside of me? Because my response to it is going to be faith. And how do I know when I'm moving and living and walking in faith? Is because the fruit of it is going to be love. Is going to be love. Now let me take you on an interesting journey here about that word love in the Greek. We know that there are several words in the Greek language that are translated into English as love. But the the divine love, and this is the love that we are referencing in, even in this verse, but we reference it in 1 Corinthians 13. You see it over and over again in the epistles. is the agape love of God. Now, the interesting thing about this word agape is that over the years, it's been one of those things to, that to really wrap your mind around and trying to understand what this love really means, what it looks like. We have a beautiful picture of it in 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about it being kind, not easily irritated, not jealous, doesn't keep record of wrongs. It is always believing the best. It is always hoping the best. It is always enduring uh, through any and everything. That is the love. You know, it is It is patient. It's long-suffering. It rejoices is over truth you know it doesn't um, rejoice when somebody gets something wrong you know that is a beautiful picture of love and if you want to baptize your mind in, in love theology then you need to spend a month meditating and assimilating first corinthians 13 preferably i would do it using the amplified version uh doing i mean just immersing yourself in that and you will baptize your mind into the theology or the logic of god's love First Corinthians 13 is going to give you the logic of God's love and, and you can immerse your mind in that. But interesting thing about it is that that word agape does not just, it, it shows forth or it showcases the divine love of God. But another interesting thing attached to that word is a thing that, uh, we know, uh, the, we know it now, but they knew it back then as love feasts. Love feasts. These were love feasts, okay? So the interesting thing, so I went on my search and journey of trying to discover what is that? What is a love feast? A love feast. And this is what it was. The love feasts were attached to the body of Christ, the early church, when they took communion, when they took of the body of Jesus and they took of the blood of Jesus, they, what they call communion was a love feast. Isn't that what now that that that's that's so beautiful and it's going to be so powerful in a minute, which means that the love feast that God in the early church considered 
eating of Jesus's body and drinking of his blood as a form or a manifestation. This is a love meal. This is this meal is is. Uh, a symbol of the love that God has for his people and that every time that so when when we learn it when we go back to the gospel of John and Jesus uh, takes a moment to teach them about I want you to eat my flesh and I want you to drink my blood that Jesus was really talking love language he was really talking love he was saying i love you all so much that i am giving you my body and i'm giving you my life and i want my body my sacrifice and my blood and i wanted to open up a new covenant for you i am giving you this out of love so that when you eat it you are eating of my love so watch this how does that now now pay attention to this the love feasts Watch this. I want, we gotta go. I, I was trying, uh, to spare time and not go there, but I, I gotta take us to 1 Corinthians 11. Cause I want you to look at this, this love feast. 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. Says this. Uh, where are we gonna start? Okay. Right here in verse 17. It says, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. And first of all, when you come together in the church, and I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it, for there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. You're eating everyone. So Paul is rebuking them about how they've been doing these love feasts or the love, or the Lord's Supper because they would have services and then take the Lord's Supper together, but they were not doing it right because you're, when you do the love, the Lord's Supper or the love feast, it's supposed to tip, it's supposed to showcase the love of God. So everybody, so the rich don't partake first, the poor do, because you're putting your brother above yourself, that this is how they did it. So the poor partook of the supper first. They made sure they got everything, and then the rich came in, and then everybody ate together. But what was happening in the Corinthian church was that the rich was coming into the church, and they were partaking of the Lord's Supper first. They were eating the bread first. They was drinking of all the wine first. And so there was nothing left for their brother. So it, it totally, totally desecrated the meaning and the, uh, the symbol that the Lord's Supper was, was supposed to be exemplifying. So he goes on in and he rebukes them. But what I want us to pay attention to is, is a little further down is that I want us to see that Paul says that Jesus himself talked to him about this meal. He says that in verse um, 23, he said, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. So Jesus gave him a special revelation about this. He says, uh, 26, for often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Now that word show, it means that this is how you broadcast. This is how you publicly declare what is now law for you. Please pay attention to this. This is how you publicly declare what is now law for you. So taking communion or the love feast, because the love feast was was synonymous with communion, or what we know today as communion, or the Lord's Supper. So Paul was saying this, when you take communion, 
you are publicly declaring what is now law for you. And what is that law? That law is that I am taking and partaking of the life of my Savior, the blood of my Savior, and what is law for me is the nation of Jesus Christ, his laws, his statutes, his principles, his ordinances, his precepts. So every time I take communion, I'm making a public declaration that I am a legal citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ. It is to publicly declare it as law. Now, all of that sounds good, but how does that connect to my love walk? for the saints. I am so glad you asked. This is what Paul was saying in that verse. Paul was saying, I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because you have faith in Jesus and because that faith is real and authentic and it originated from God and it is your response to him. I also heard about your love toward all the saints, which means when you are truly a believer and you are truly a citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ, what happens as a response is that your love walk becomes a public declaration that that you are a citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ. When you put others before you, you are publicly declaring, I belong to the nation of Jesus Christ. When you are not easily irritated, you are publicly declaring that I am a citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ. When you are not walking in jealousy and envy and you're not rejoicing when somebody gets it wrong and you're not keeping record of somebody's mistakes and you're not lording over people and you are walking in love towards your brothers because the Bible says that if you got hate towards your brother, you are not a citizen. Less than first John. You don't belong to Christ you, because you can't because if you have hatred, then you also are breeding on the inside of you a murderer. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the breeding ground I mean, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the breeding ground for grooming a murderer is to let hatred grow in that heart. And so you can't have hatred and belong to the nation of Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying, I heard of your faith and then I know you all are citizens of the nation of Jesus Christ because I've also heard of your love toward all the saints because your love walk is how you make a public announcement. I belong to Jesus. No, it's not saying telling people you're a Christian. That's not how you let them know that you belong to the nation of Jesus. Telling people you go to church is not how you let people know that you belong to the nation of Jesus Christ. Telling people you read your Bible and you pray. Telling people that you have great faith. Telling people that you prophesy. Telling people that you cast out devils. Telling people that you do miracles is not how you declare that you are a part of the nation of Jesus Christ. How you publicly declare that you belong to Jesus, you reside in his nation, you are under his statutes and laws, is that you walk in love. That's why Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John, this is how men are going to know that you are my disciples, by the way that you all love each other. May there be a fresh conviction of, of love that begins to penetrate the hearts of everybody that calls themselves a Christian. Because in all actuality, nobody in heaven, nobody in earth, and nobody in hell knows you belong to the nation of Jesus Christ if you do not have love. That's why 1 Corinthians says, if I have, if I don't have love, I am nothing. I am a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Because without love, I have no recognition in the, in the archives of heaven that I belong to that nation. Without love, 
earth I don't want without love that's why I'll never tap into a dimension of favor with men because I don't have love and hell will never respect a loveless believer never so that's what Paul is saying that and that's all in verse 15 now now we got to keep going here it says, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now watch this. Because of their faith, because of their love, because they were citizens of the nation of Jesus Christ, Paul begins one of the most beautiful apostolic prayers ever. Now we are not going to be able to get through all of that prayer, but I want to hit verse 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says, I'm making mention of you in my prayers and I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's so interesting that Paul brings the attention back to whose God is in charge because that's always uh, akin to the office of an apostle. They're going to put your mind back in remembrance of whose God is on the throne in a land and a territory in a time. So Paul is saying, I'm putting, I'm letting y'all know that I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's the, and the father of glory. That is a beautiful name for him. The father of glory. In other words, he is the originator of glory. You know what glory is? Glory is majesty. It is honor. It is splendor. It is beauty. Now, now connect that to me because in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it talks about glory has a weight to it and it's heavy. And so we talk about the weight of God's glory. So we talk about the weight of his splendor, the weight of his beauty and the weight of God is seen in the fact of all of his perfections. So when the perfections of God enter a room, we talk about glory. Oh, I feel that when we, when the perfections of God enter a room, we are talking about glory. So when the perfections of God show up, that's why sickness has to bow because he is perfect. When in perfection, there is no sickness In perfection. There is no depression in perfection. There is no lack in perfection. Your peace is secure. And so Paul is saying, because of your faith, because of your love walk, I am praying that a, a new arena of glory opens up to you. See, that's why you got to walk in love and bless people and walk in honor towards people because it's what Paul is saying. The result of that is it's going to open up a new realm of glory, a new realm of glory to you, a new realm of the perfections of God. Watch this, that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Now, you may wonder, why did I title this episode The Jesus Ram? Why? Because that is exactly the reward of those who choose to respond to revelation the right way by walking in faith and and begin to publicly declare that they belong to the nation of Jesus by walking in love. The response to that is that Paul says, I'm going to pray that the father of glory give you a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. You know what that word in again in the knowledge? It means in the realm of the knowledge of Jesus. There are dimensions to knowing Jesus that are beyond your wildest dreams. And, and Paul is saying, I'm praying that God gives you a spirit of wisdom. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is the skill for clarity. 
It's the skill for clarity. I'm praying that God gives you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation so that you can know Christ. Watch that. And that word knowledge has to do with firsthand knowledge, has to do with contact knowledge, which means I am praying that God gives you all such a spirit of wisdom and revelation to where you begin to journey into the realm called Jesus. And so uh, Paul said, I know, I know there are many of you that are in this church that need healing, but what you need, what, what you don't need, I know that's what you think you need, but healing is not what you need. What you need is the spirit of wisdom and revelation to take you into a journey into the healer. I know you think you need deliverance, but what you need is the spirit of wisdom and revelation to take you on a journey into the deliverer. I know you think you need provision, but what you need is the spirit of wisdom and revelation to take you on a journey into the provider. And so when you begin to move in faith and love, what opens up to you, and I pray that upon every listener listening to me, that the Father of glory will give you a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation, not so that you can get more stuff from him, but so that you can get him, so that you can journey into the Jesus realm. It's in the Jesus realm that you find healing because you bump into the healer. You come into firsthand knowledge of the healer. It's in the Jesus realm that you learn that he is a deliverer and a provider and a protector and, and, a, and a refuge and a shelter. You learn who he is firsthand. And when you come into contact with who he is, you'll always have what he has. Man. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? That's, that's what Paul is praying. I'm praying that you all come into greater contact with who he is so that you will never lack what he has. That is the beauty. That is the joy of being a part of the nation of Jesus Christ is that we get to explore. We get to navigate in. We get to journey. We get to go on an excursion into the Jesus realm. The Jesus realm. Everything you ever need is waiting for you on the other side of firsthand contact knowledge with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, guys, I am out of time already this week, and, and I, I hope I shared some things that have blessed you. We're going to uh, journey more into the prayer that Paul prayed next week about what happens as you continue to journey in the Jesus realm? What are you going to learn? What's going to be there waiting for you? And we're going to go into great detail about that. So again, I want you to go back through, listen to this again. Let it encourage you. Let it bless you. I want you to make a decision over the next week to just start publicly declaring that you are a part of the nation of Jesus Christ. And you know how you do that? You walk in love. You immerse your mind in the logic of God's love. So I hope you're blessed. If you are being blessed by these podcasts, again, don't forget to like, don't forget to share, don't forget to follow, and please don't forget to leave your ratings and your reviews on iTunes to let people know that this is something that can bless and change and transform their life. And let me know what you think. Let me know that you are being blessed and encouraged and transformed because I want us all to be transformed from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And I want us all to just continue together to journey into the Jesus realm. Oh, oh, that we may know him. That was Paul's cry. Oh, that I may know him. I, I know, I know all the Greek. I know all the Hebrew. I know how to flow in miracles. I know how to prophesy. I know how to heal the sick. But at the end of the day, 
my heart's desire is that I may know him and I may know him in the Jesus realm. Alrighty, guys, I'll see you all next week. Be blessed. Have a great week. Be encouraged and continue to be shining examples of what true citizens of the nation of Jesus Christ really look like. See you all next week. 